1: Welcome to another episode of Encourage Mindset. I'm your host, Ethan VandeHei. Alongside me today, I have Mindy Huebner. And we are going to be talking about a topic about how to tap into the power of your subconscious mind. And I will let Mindy introduce herself.
2: Thank you so much, Ethan. Thank you for having me here. I am thrilled to be able to share subconscious magic with all your listeners so that they can start making shifts today to really creating the soul-aligned success that they want I have been a coach, mentor, teacher my entire adult life. And in 2015 or so, I was presented with an opportunity where my division was closing down. I had had a 17-year-plus successful sales career and realized that uh, while I had a ton of success, made a lot of money, a lot of accolades, all the things, I was exhausted. And what was keeping me exhausted was a limiting belief. And those we have subconsciously uh, until we bring them to the conscious. And my particular uh, toxic limiting belief of choice was that rest was lazy. And therefore I was constantly going, never a human being, always a human doing. And that burnt me out. And so because I was presented with the opportunity to shift in my life and create something new, I knew I was going to create it in a much more sustainable way. And then. I was going to help other women and humans create it in a much more sustainable way as well. Uh, and dove into then all things mindset and neuroscience and, and all the stuff, right? How, how your brain works, how habits work, limiting beliefs, all that good stuff. And no,
1: that's perfect. That's awesome. That's a great explanation and a super cool story because a lot of people, like you said, there are just doers and not really livers per se. And. I love your message right on your right on your name, Belair. you have rewire your brain. So talk a little about that. How can the audience and the people today and maybe myself get some snippets out of this to rewire our brain to be more positive, enriching and more like maybe in the moment too?
2: love that? Yes. Your brain deletes, distorts and generalizes based on your beliefs. So if I'm walking around, believe in rest is lazy. All the evidence coming at me is proving that. And any evidence that isn't that is like being distorted, right? Or generalized, like, oh, that was just a fluke, right? That kind of thing. So knowing that about ourselves, that we are that powerful, we think a thought over and over again, habitually, it becomes a belief and I am statement. We then create habits to prove it to ourselves. that That's how efficient we are. We normally do that without realizing it. And we do it a lot with disempowered habits, but we also do it with empowered habits. And so if you're wondering, well, where are my limiting beliefs stopping me from having this life that I want, from the success that I want, you get to step back and just look in your life. Where do I have a habit that's really disempowering, that really doesn't serve me? And then you can reverse engineer it back to what you're believing around that. It's extremely powerful when we just take a moment to go, oh, wow, well, who am I being? (laughs) What am I believing Mm -hmm. about myself as I show up in this particular habit, as I choose this way of being? And that's the crux there that you know, your brain is doing this. And so therefore, how do I get to use that for good instead of evil?
1: That's powerful stuff. And you kind of touched on it. Habits. I love I love habit formation. I love, you know, making sure you're doing your routines and positively enrich your life. And my question for you, Mindy, is what's like a habit that requires like the least amount of effort, but it can make like a powerful difference if we utilize it correctly?
2: I absolutely think a thought habit can be extremely powerful for you. And of course, any habit like starts in a ritual, right? We ritualize it first. We set the time. We tell ourselves, this is what happens. We have the steps for it. Before we even start the ritual, though, foundationally, it needs to be essential to us. Like, nothing's Mm going to stop us from becoming the human who does this ritual, which then turns into a habit. It's automated in us. So really getting deep into the why. And this is probably the only time I really like to ask the question, why? Why, when we are are casting a vision towards our dreams, casting a vision toward uh, a more empowered or enriched life or, or job or relationship, whatever that is, why is an excellent question there. And going seven wise deep, I love that too. Going seven wise deep is also essential to really getting to the crux of, okay, now this is meaningful and now these bumps in the road are not gonna stop me from creating that outcome, right? From being the human who, in as much as I can, is going to do the things, think the thoughts, so that I employ this ritual. So a thought audit is just checking in with your thoughts. It's even setting a timer. So recently I, I encouraged a client to have an hour during her workday mm-hmm. where every 15 minutes she checked in and was like, what am I thinking? And how am I feeling? because of what I'm thinking. Because again, right, we start to think a thought and then it creates body sensations and emotions that then create actions from that. So it's like putting your foot on the gas pedal. We don't typically go from zero to 60, maybe (laughs) in a a disempowered uh, thought spin, right? Occasionally, usually what happens is we like ratchet up, right, we we start here and then it comes up and it comes up. So what we get to do with a thought on it is we're tuning in sooner before it gets all the way to full blown foot to the floor, right? We're checking in and going, oh, "Oh, I'm being this person. I'm believing this." And we also are tuning in with our body sensations So many times we're hungry or thirsty. We're dehydrated, which causes us truly to make less empowered decisions because then we will really take the easy way, right? Like, yeah,
1: yeah. And that's a that's a great client story. Thank you for sharing that one in. One of the things that you dove into there, like a little bit ago, as you said, like diving into these seven whys and when we're creating these habits, asking ourselves the whys, but also like when we're creating goals, most importantly, asking ourselves these whys. And I just remember like growing up as, you know, into the high school and then you enter college, like there's this thing called smart goals come out. And, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, I don't want to create something so long, so specific, so. Results focused, but when you look at smart goals, they're truly, truly effective. And I know that this is something that requires a lot of whys. And this is something that I think I'm sure you can attest to it is an essential ingredient to the conscious mind.
2: To the conscious mind. Yes. I'm so glad you brought up smart goals because they're missing an ingredient. So anyone that's on here is like smart goals don't work for me. Like I set goals and I don't get them. Welcome to the human race, right? We set goals and we don't get them. And one of the reasons is our conscious brain is the goal setter. Our subconscious is the goal getter. And our subconscious thinks in pictures and sounds and feelings. So logically writing out specific, measurable, attainable, (laughs) uh, I can't think of what army the T is timed, right? Specifically writing those things out is great and the magic dust on that is bringing your subconscious into it so first goals just in themselves are an aim they're a direction they're a purpose and they're they're vital right we need to program the gps so we know how to get somewhere right like where do we want to go what i like better than goals are outcomes because outcomes are what actually happen those are the results right so goals get us in the direction of the outcome And the outcomes get to be beautiful milestones because what we're really working towards is our identity and who we're becoming. So I don't want to, to quote James Clear, I don't want to read one book. I want to be a reader. There's a big difference. I don't want to close one sale. I want to be a sale closer because I can muscle my way to almost anything, right? Like I can fight and scratch and suffer and all all that sleep deprived to get to a goal, not sustainable. I want to be able to be the human who knows the outcomes are beautiful mile markers reminding me who I am and, and all that, all of my limitlessness.
1: I love that. That was awesome. And I think R stands for realistic and smart goals, if I'm correct. Ah, okay, yeah.
2: okay. okay. Yeah, I, <laughs> I at remember. first I wanted to say it's
1: results, but then I was like, I was thinking about it. I'm like, no, I think it's realistic because you don't want to create like unrealistic goals. But Right, right. Um, and,
2: I, and I don't know that I necessarily agree with that either. Only in as much as dream big. Like right, yeah, what what sure. is that? Shoot for the shoot for the stars, right? Like, because if you miss, what's gonna happen? Kind of yeah. Is- it's
1: it's like those one kids that are like in third grade and they tell their teacher, "I'm gonna go to the NBA or the NFL," and then they're like, "No, pick something realistic," and then they'll be like. No, I actually did it. Like, look, check it out. So
2: exactly, exactly, and and so what I love about taking a smart goal and sort of flipping it on its head, its head, and creating a twenty-four karat outcome instead. And this is a framework that I use with my clients because it's so juicy. Like it is, it it makes setting those smart goals really fun. So of course, compelling, right? We've we already done our why in order to do it. It's a future paced. When we write a 24 carry.com, it's future paced. So it is now December 31st, 2023. I like to go 30, 60, 90 usually. But just as an example, right? We, we go out that way. And I am. Here's where we lock in that powerful, like I am, because I am are some of the most powerful words in the universe. So I am. And I remember when I created one uh, years ago when I got my NLP and hypnosis certification, I am a certified NLP practitioner and clinical hypnotherapist. That's what I said I was. And I hear and I see and I feel and I taste and I smell. Notice how I'm bringing in all the pictures and sounds and feelings as I'm writing this. I see myself looking back, hitting the goals. Like we can still take that SMART goal and I see myself sending the emails, I see myself studying, I see myself, right? And I hear myself and I see my classmates cheering me on as I receive my certificate. Like we are bringing in all the the senses because this is literally the difference maker. You can feel the state of achieving, of having without having it. And that is what allows you to then tie to it and or something close to it right? If you're like, I have no idea what it feels like to, I don't know, drive a race car, play in the NFL. Um, that's okay. You do know what it feels like to have a rush of emotions and accomplish something that was really important to you. And you can pull those places in if you can't fully cast the vision you can cast the vision and and saying I can't, it's just fighting for your limits. And there's no shade in that at all. You get to
0: work through that.
1: Yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying because so like, for example, this morning I got up, went golfing and it's not like I'm a PGA golfer, but you know what? I had a nice chip in today. I almost got a hole in one, like Things are looking up for me. But that's what's kind of cool about, you know, like golf and, you know, like so many metaphors in life, like you're going to have very high points and you're going to have some low points and you got to take the low points as learning objectives and take those low points as set some new smart goals around those low points, set some new 24 care outcomes for you to understand like, hey, I can take those with a grain of salt and learn and improve on them. So awesome, awesome points there.
2: I love that you brought up golf in the way that you did because another piece of the 24 karat outcome is I achieved this because. So now we're bragging on ourselves and we're really tuning in and listing all our internal and external resources. So if yours is 30 days from now, right? You're a scratch golfer. Uh, and, and one of the things, like, what are you seeing? I'm seeing eagles on, you know, nine out of 10 holes. I've seen whatever, like all of that kind of stuff. I'm seeing myself practice. I'm feeling the putter in my hand, my glove holding the putter. Like you're super tuning into all this. And when we get to, and I'm tasting the, what is it, the 19th hole? I don't even know. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> when you get to, and I achieve this because I am driven. I deserve XYZ. I'm smart. I know how to research. I practice. I set sacred time to do this. I rest. I play. I like all the things. I am smart enough to know when I need help. So I hire a coach, right? Or I read books or I watch YouTube videos. Like I gain knowledge and implement it. So that's where you're really like putting it out on paper to prove to yourself and to remind your logical brain, like, Oh, yeah. And then you're seeing the pictures of this. So your conscious and your subconscious are in alignment. And the very last line on a 24 karat outcome is always this or something better. We're never going to get so tied to this one way and this one thing that we stop the possibilities of something even better from coming in
1: that that's a tough one for me being very transparent because I I I love structure I've I've been growing up with it all my life and then you like go to school and there's more structure in school and then you get out of college and then there's a job and that is structure so it's like you know like it's kind of hard to escape that sometimes but when you can you really find happiness in doing that for sure
2: Absolutely. So w- what I'm hearing and what all of us have experienced is we think we can control all the things. And the only thing we can control is us. So you're either at effect or you're at cause. And when we're at effect, we're letting everything else, right? Like come in and control. And so. This is speaking to when nothing's going our way and we're like, well, it's the economy and it's this and it's that and they don't cut the greens short enough and like whatever it is, right? Like we're making all these reasons. Uh, We have a list of reasons why our lives and our businesses and our relationships and our golf games are not what we want them to be. And when we tune into our personal power and step back over into cause, then we are controlling the only thing we can, us. How we show up. What we think, what we believe, we can influence other things. So it's really important when we think about being super tied to one outcome to remember we only have control over us. So if anything else is in the realm of the outcome besides us, like sales or, right? Like, or not even your golf game to yourself, your golf game against someone else. You can only do your best. Like, that's it. You can only show up for you. You can only control you. You can influence other things, people to buy, all those, you know, that kind of stuff. You can't control it, though. And so this is where also being detached from the outcome itself and being attached to who you are becoming, why that's so expansive for you.
1: Yeah. So, okay. I kind of want to ask you a question based off on that. So, you know how like most people think like they get motivation or determination from something else. Like I saw somebody else that looks really good looking and I'm going to go to the gym and just become as motivated and determined as they are and get my body to look like that. Is that realistically getting motivation from that? Or are they realistically finally getting fired up from motivation themselves, if that makes I,
2: sense. It, sure. Excellent question. And I'm going to say yes, and right, we can look at other people and be inspired. We can then take that inspiration and get real clear on our why, because you having a really great golf game might inspire me to, to go out and golf once. However, it's I'm not you. I don't know what's happening behind the scenes. I don't know your Why? And, and so finding my own, taking inspiration and then going, okay, what is going to make this so meaningful to me that I'm going to be the human who, right? It's so compelling that I'm going to keep showing up for myself and for who I'm becoming. That is the difference maker to me in that. And this, I've said this so many times in this last week, motivation follows actions. (laughs) Like, you know, eventually, what gets to happen is we take the action and we're motivated, and then we're so motivated that we take more action, and then the motivation falls. like it becomes this, I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg. However, we're not just usually like magically motivated. We get more motivated when we take action. because motivation wanes as well, too, right? Like, I work out almost every day. I, I'm not always motivated. Like, here's what I am. I'm a person who works out. I'm a person who moves her body, motivated or not. So the days that I'm like, yeah, well, of course, that makes me then the next day be like, remember who you were yesterday? Like, you killed this workout. That's how that cycle appears in my experience.
1: Yeah, no, that's awesome, Mindy. Thank you for sharing that. Is there anything else powerful that you want to share?
2: I would just really encourage your listeners to ask themselves like, who am I being and who do I want to be? Who am I being and who do I want to be? And if you are now realizing that your subconscious is doing a whole lot more because 95% of what's happening is in your subconscious and 5% is your conscious brain. So if you're realizing like, wow, there's all this stuff going on that I actually have influence over, like I can start turning that ship in a way that empowers me more than asking yourself, who am I being and who do I want to be when you're looking at an empowered habit or a disempowered habit? Because you can multiply the empowered, right? And see like, well, who am I being? Well, what am I believing about myself as I train for this, as I choose this, as I say these things? who am i being who do i want to be and and i want to caveat that with shame and guilt is no good so if you ask yourself who am i being like they're not motivators <laughs> if you ask yourself who am i being and you're not being someone that you would really like to be take a big breath okay how long am i going to be this human i don't want to be like and then from now on in the future next time I'm going to cast more votes towards who I want to be because shame and guilt are not going to motivate you at all.
1: Yeah, I think that's two things that a lot of negativity comes from. And one of the final questions I want to ask you is there's so many people that struggle with overthinking because of toxic things that go on throughout this world. Do you have any like maybe practical tips or suggestions or strategies that you use to maybe Have clients reduce their overthinking?
2: Uh, We need a whole nother episode. Uh, (laughs) Overthinking, when it's an identity, right? It's a limiting belief that has become an identity. Like, I I am an overthinker. Remember, your brain's proving that. So my first suggestion would be to de-identify with the practice of overthinking so that you're not the poster child for overthinking. You experience overthinking. I feel like I overthink a lot. I experience overthinking. So first that, like make that separation for yourself, even if it seems like a big difference between what we're identifying as and what we de-identify from. So make that distinction that I am not an overthinker, like I experience overthinking. And then typically the root of overthinking is either perfectionism or a uh, lack of self-confidence. And so then you get to ask yourself that, like, okay, well, what is this protecting me from? What is overthinking protecting me from? Because that's why we do those things. They come out as a protection to keep you in the known zone. even though the known zone is uncomfortable in your brain, it's more comfortable than the unknown zone that would happen if you didn't overthink. So really asking yourself, is this based in imperfection? Like, do I think? Oh, I I need to be perfect and and perfectionism protects us from success, not failure. Or is this based in a lack of self-confidence or self-esteem? And so then the more I practice, the more I build my self-confidence and self-esteem. It's really sort of detangling that a little bit and seeing what it's based in, in order to then cast some boats towards being the human who overthinks less.
0: Every day until your dreams coming true, yeah. Grinding every day until your dreams coming true, yeah. Grinding every day until your dreams coming true. Wanna make it happen? Well, it all starts with you. Start with flipping the mentality, making visions reality. Screw all the practicality. Wasn't meant for normality. Time to unlike the beast. So bring out all of your savagery. All in every day. How it has to be.